0: Welcome to Fan the Flame, the podcast with Pastor Scott Owens and Aaron Owens. Hello everyone, we are back, finally. Uh, with fan the flame. Sorry, it's been a while. We took some time off. We had a busy schedule. Um, I am Aaron. I'm Scott. Man, you were preaching
1: last Sunday, man. I'm telling you, I have, I have never heard the the Good Samaritan taught the way you have taught it uh, on that Sunday morning. And uh, man, I want to say I was blessed to know that Jesus is our neighbor. And uh, that was phenomenal, Aaron.
0: So we wrapped up our study on Sunday, um, the neighborhood, which what I did, for those of you who don't know, is I took Fred Rogers, um, not his life, but some of his, mm-hmm. his teachings that he taught on his program and through writings and his books and, and interviews that he has done, just some, some of the, the principles that he wanted to teach his audience and we didn't substitute Fred Rogers' words for Jesus' words. We just compared and used, used Jesus used Fred Rogers as a platform to present the gospel. And um, Sunday, we I talked about the Good Samaritan. and uh, But you can listen to that on our website. Oh, yeah. But uh, we've been, we're back with the podcast. We, we, we took some time off. We had a um, busy schedule, some things going on. But we're back today with a topic that I'm excited about, um, a topic that, you know, I've been asked quite a bit, a question I've been asked quite a bit. I'm sure you've been asked this question oh, yeah, quite a, a bit. Lot of times. The question is, can I lose my salvation after I've received Christ into my heart? He has saved me. I've been born again. I've been um, given a new life, new heart. Can I lose that by messing up or doing something wrong or living a life of disobedience? Can I lose my salvation once I've received it? That's the question we want to address today. And you know,
1: Aaron, I want to, before we get into this topic, we coin phrases in our churches that are not in the Bible. Uh, One of the things that a lot of people say, and they coin this phrase, uh, I want to invite Jesus into my heart. Uh, That kind of leaves the decision in my hands Well, nowhere in the Bible does it say I'm to invite him into my heart. It says I am to trust in what he accomplished on the cross. But inviting him in kind of puts the ball in my court. And uh, we got to be careful when we talk about salvation, when we're leading people to Christ, when we're sharing the gospel to uh, not use these phrases that we've kind of coined in our Churches, because it's like I said so many times uh, in the pulpit, you know, a lot of stuff we say makes for good poetry, but sorry preaching. And we preach the Bible and we teach what the Bible teaches. And uh, when it comes to the matter of salvation, there are so many churches today that don't fully understand the gospel and what the depths of the gospel are really is. You know, I was just listening to a a sermon a minute ago and the, 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 the gentleman that was doing the preaching, he said he never thought he would see in his day where he would have to fight doctrinal issues within the evangelical church. We always thought we would be fighting it from the outside, but now it's kind of filtering into the, uh, into the church. And a lot of that, uh, is the matter of salvation, uh, prosperity, gospel, easy believism, uh, putting the matter into my hands, kind of putting God off to the side as, you know, a meal ticket into heaven. Uh, we got to be careful with this stuff, man. When we talk, this is a very touchy subject today as well.
0: Well, it just goes to show you that the devil's doing really good at his job. Um, I mean, like that, that pastor said in that sermon, he never thought he would see a day when we would be fighting, you know, false teaching and false doctrine from within the church itself. We They anticipated it coming from outside the church walls. But that's exactly how good the devil is at his job. Oh, yeah. Um, he infiltrates from within, which yeah. is really sad and, and honestly really scary to think about. But, I mean, it's nothing that's taking God off guard. But the topic of losing your salvation, I feel like so many people struggle with that topic and they battle with that question because of the teaching that's happening inside the church from, you know, so many different points of view and so many different voices coming out of the pulpit. But ultimately we want to know what God has to say about the matter of the fact, which is the question, can I, and, and, you know, eventually will I lose my salvation if I continue to live a life of sin and disobedience after accepting Christ and, you know, as my savior and, and, and placing my faith and trust in him, that sort of sounds like a religious-based qu- like mindset. Losing it, you salvation. know,
1: when it comes to a matter of losing your salvation, this uh, this way of thinking is a works-based salvation mindset. So, in other words, what people say is, if I can lose my salvation, then that means I have to do something to maintain that salvation I have to. uh, We hear a lot about you know being a better Christian, being a better person. You won't find that in the Bible either. That is a works-based mentality, and so trying to make good impressions on God to continue to accept me is works-based salvation. You know the Bible.
0: It's exhausting thinking like that.
1: That's why Christians. That's why these that say they're Christians bail out of the church, quit reading their Bible, quit praying, because man, the rat race gets monotonous and they can't keep up with something that they never were meant to maintain to begin with. Right.
0: Right. And John addressed that.
1: John said it, you know, in John 6:37, this is Jesus speaking. He said, all that the father giveth me shall come to me, and the one who comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. So, in other words, this verse alone teaches sovereignty of God in the matter of salvation. All that the Father giveth me, and those that God deals with and come to Christ, Jesus said, I will in no wise cast them out. And then, you know, Paul says in Ephesians 2 8 and 9 that we are saved, you know, by grace through faith. That not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. Okay, It's a gift that God even deals with us on the matter of being a child of God and being saved. And then he says in verse number nine, it's not of works. I mean, how, Aaron, how much more simpler can that be? Not of works, lest any man should boast. So here's where the boasting comes in. And we hear this a lot, a lot of boasting in a preaching, a lot of boasting in in, in, in so-called believers who, who claim to be uh, true, authentic believers in Christ, you know, children of God. Here's where the boasting comes in. I feel that I'm doing all the right things to get what I need out of God, and that is salvation. You know, you hear a lot of people saying, I'm highly favored, you know, uh, that is a boastful statement. Number one... Uh, Whoever makes that statement, you're not Mary, because that is the one who's, you know, the angel said that to her.
0: She's the only one that's ever mentioned in the Bible that says the only one
1: I've ever seen that is mentioned. But here again, we coin these phrases. They sound good. They're catchy. They look good on T-shirts. They look good on bumper stickers. But they have no doctrinal root system. There it's
0: self-validating. A, it's
1: that is man that is it. It's that is self,
0: self-validating. It's it's we live in and we live in a society that's so full of the way that they view we the way that we view ourselves is so demeaning. Like we 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 have such low self-esteem. We've never felt so bad about ourselves ever throughout history through comparing our lives to others' lives. And so we, it's almost like we want this validation because we, we try to get validation from so many other sources, our friends, our family, um, social media. It's like the world is so hungry for the self validating. I need to know who I am now and I want you to understand and I want you to tell me who I am. So we, we try to take the words and put them in God's mouth and say, well, God says I'm highly favored. No, he didn't. He said that to Mary.
1: Yeah, he said it to Mary. Yeah. He
0: didn't say it to you. He said he loves you. Yeah, I mean, he he loves yeah. you. But it's and like, your grace, his yeah. grace
1: has been extended to us. But I can't take that as a boastful statement and say I'm. A, you know, it's like people you come up, you walk up to people and you say, Hey, how are you doing? I'm blessed. Well, yeah, we all are. You know, and and you you said it right. You know, it's self validation. You you are you you hit it on on the, the nail on the head there.
0: So then, what about sin? Because after I get saved after i place my faith in, in Christ i'm still going to sin. i'm still going to mess up. so what about the issue of sin and and the relationship to believers now that my faith is in Christ, i'm a follower of Christ. what about the relationship between me and sin now? what does that look like? well i mean cuz that's the that's the biggest issue is i have young people on wednesday nights who are so you know amped up to be a follower of Christ now they decide to you know place their faith and trust in him. Then I'm getting a text message three days later that says, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. I just lied to my teacher or lied to my parent or I cussed, said a bad word, is like God mad at me now. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's something that's very real that people battle with and struggle with. I'll be honest with you, I battle with that sometimes. I'm like, you know, in a place where um, it's almost like a self-condemnation, self-judgment sort of deal where it's like I allow this thought of, okay, my sin is separating me from God in this moment. But what is that? What is the relationship between a believer and sin look like?
1: Well, we'll need more than 30 minutes to deal with this subject, but we'll try to give you
0: the, well, let me ask you this. Do I This, This is a, it sounds like a simple question, but it's a sort of a rich question. Do believers identify with sin?
1: Well, I would encourage our listeners to read Romans six and seven, because in Romans six, you know, it's simple. And I put it this way. If Christ died to sin, he died for sin, died to sin. Okay. Then if I am in Christ, then I'm dead to sin. And so, uh, you know, in verse number one, it says, what shall we say? Uh, then shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? So there is this mindset floating around that the more I sin, the more elevated grace is. And I don't want to say too much here because I don't want to give my message away on Sunday. So if you're listening, you need to be here Sunday. We'll go more in depth in Romans 6. But there is this mindset that, oh, uh, if I sin, then, you know, it it really elevates grace. It really puts the spotlight on grace. So, I have this license to now
0: do whatever I sin. want sin,
1: and so the relationship between a believer and 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 sin. Paul makes it very clear that this impulse to sin, this impulse to sin, to go in a direction opposite of God, has taken a very fatal wound to the fact to the to the to the extreme that it's been put to death. So if someone still has this impulse to sin and they give in to the impulse without any uh remorse or any, you know, the Holy Spirit convicting them, and then finding this place of repentance, that person has never been saved. And let me tell you something. Unless the Holy Spirit draws you to Christ, you you don't just get up one morning and decide you're gonna be a Christian. And, and and that goes for us as pastors, Aaron, because we can get into this habit of scare tactics and fearing people into trusting God, and that's that's not true salvation. And so Paul said, Listen, this impulse has taken a fatal wound. If I'm in Christ, then I am dead to sin. So the believer is now in a war of wills. There is this, do I give in to the will of the flesh or do I give in to the will of God? And you'll find that in Romans chapter 7, Paul had this same battle going on. He said, I find that within my memories, there's this war going on. That which I know I should do is not what I do. And that what I shouldn't do, that's exactly what I do. And then he goes on to say, who shall deliver me from this body of death? And then at the very end, he said, thank God that through Christ Jesus. And so there's our victory. There's our There's our deliverance. Our liberator is Christ. And so we as believers are still having to deal with this war of the wills. Now, if I am to emulate Christ, if I am to be just like Christ, okay, then I need to go to Matthew chapter 4 and see how Christ combated temptation. And he did it through the
0: Word. Because that's the problem. That's it. People think... That because I go through temptation, mm-hmm. people people associate temptation with unbelief, I'm afraid. Yeah. So people feel like, okay, I'm being tempted to give in to sin. I'm being tempted to, I'm having temptation flood my mind right now, flood my, like, it's right in front of my face. Mm-hmm. And they automatically associate temptation with sin. But the truth of the matter is, It only becomes sin when it's acted upon.
1: You know this. You're my son. I've been very open with you concerning my past, and you know that my past is very tattered. And I remember the the Saturday night that God convicted me. It was undeniable that God was stirring my heart, drawing me to Christ. I went to an altar. I knelt down. I didn't have anybody uh, help me recite a sinner's prayer or anything like that. The pastor that night preached the gospel so clear that I had no excuse not to understand exactly what would happen if I didn't trust Christ. And, you know, when I got up from that altar and I prayed and I cried out to God for for salvation Uh, and, and I'm going on, uh, uh, my, my spiritual birthday's coming up this month, uh, and being saved 28 years. Uh, I had no more impulse to go and drink. Like I used to, I had no more of an impulse to go to bars. Like I used to, I had no more of an impulse to, to use filthy, vulgar language or do the things or see, or watch the things that I used to. I had this desire to, to know more about this Savior that was preached to me. And, and, and you know, not long after that, you know, uh, I was called into the ministry. And and, and and God began to, it's like this, just because I'm saved doesn't mean I won't sin. But here's what it means. It means my want to to sin has been put to death. Mm-hmm.
0: Well,
1: that's and,
0: what, that's what repentance means. Repent... Cause, it's a change of mind. Well, because sal- salvation is repentance. Yeah. It's faith in, in Jesus' finished work and what he did. It's faith in the the gospel, but it's also repentance. And what repentance is, is a 180-degree turn away from... Well, it's, it's God giving you a new heart, new life, and he's put almost... Like, if I could give you an image, it's almost like he's put the taste of vomit in your mouth when it comes to your old way of living, the old sin... And so, to have that same taste for sin and that same desire for sin after you profess that you're you've given your you know your faith and trust and put it in Christ, to say you've put your faith in Christ but still have that same taste in your mouth for the old things, is I would go say a false uh, confession. You're not saved because re- repentance is is when God puts a bad taste in your mouth for sin. So does it mean I'm going to sin after salvation? Of course, but it'll taste terrible.
1: Let me read you a verse of scripture in 1 John two one. My little children, these things write I unto you, that you sin not. Now that doesn't mean John is telling his readers, listen, you're not going to sin anymore. But the want to, to sin should be dead if you are a true believer. Now, are you still going to battle it? Yes, you're in the flesh. Your flesh craves the things that it used to feed on. That's why you're encouraged in the word of God to feed the new man, feed him. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, you know. And so John goes on to say, and if any man sin, we have an advocate with the father. So Jesus Christ is our advocate. He stands there at the right hand of the father making intercession for us on behalf of us because of what he did at the cross. And so, you know, those who go off into sin, uh, without, and this is going to be a touchy subject because this soft spoken gospel that we're presenting nowadays, uh, is painting this picture that you can
0: sin and it's like you can sin Monday through Saturday, ask yeah, for forgiveness on Sunday. Exactly. Go back sin Monday through Saturday, ask for forgiveness on Sunday. Yeah. And to me, to me, that is walking on that is like walking on top of the God on God's word. It's like it's like to me that's like you if Jesus was to be hanging on the cross and you literally walk up to the cross and slap him in the face. And turn away and walk away from them.
1: You go off into sin without any regard for repentance or any conviction. That's disgusting. And people that linger in that, listen, they've never had a true saving encounter with Jesus Christ. Bottom line. I don't care what somebody has told you that, oh, it's okay, pat you on the back and break. No, you need to repent. You need to be saved. You need to trust Jesus Christ. Whatever you did, whenever you did it, however you did it and it didn't stick, and you can go off and feed on the things that you used to feed on, you are not a true believer because Jesus, in Romans chapter 6, Paul said it, Jesus busted that want to
0: in me. See, but that's not a world mindset, though. That's that's it's in the church. That, that's a, that's that's a modern-day church mindset that's corrupting and killing. Because people are saying, you know, the big headline, that's easy headline is, you know, Christian faith is slowly dying the church is losing attendance quicker now than it ever has before and it's like I I don't buy into that because you look around and the evidence is that the world is hungry for truth and They want they want to believe the gospel. They really do they they're all about it But what's turning them away is the teaching that Christians once you become sick because here's what the world wants The world does want change. They want to see a difference in their life. They want to feel different They want to be different but when they see Christians who say that they are different, but they look and act the same way as the world, that puts a bad taste in the world's mouth. So this mindset of sin Monday through Saturday, chill on Sunday, ask forgiveness, repent sort of deal, that's a church, that's a modern teaching from the church that is filthy and just vile. You know, when pastors put more
1: emphasis on the dynamics of the local church, we got to make sure we cross the T's, dot in the I's. And I... I know exactly what their passion is and their desire is, but it's pretty plain and simple, Aaron, in the Bible. You know this. You've been in this almost five years, if not five years or more. You know this. The Bible's pretty black and white when it comes to how the church is to be run, what the church is to be doing as far as the dynamics of the church, leadership, uh, You know, stewarding the finances of God, all this stuff. But we have made church this huge huge, huge corporation. It's a business now. It's a business now. We've got to run this thing if we're going to maintain the numbers and something has got to suffer in the mix. And I'm going to tell you what does the most suffering. It is the gospel.
0: Well, that's we're exchanging the gospel for business and like a business mindset.
1: We have now. Well, yeah, because now you've got groups out there that are setting up business plans on how to do yeah. ministry the right way, it's how all to about capitalize, the, yeah. and you hear all these words. And let me tell you something: Jesus said, "I will build my church, and the gates of hell, hell, will not prevail against it." So why not let Jesus build His church? And how did He say He would do it? Go into all the world, preach the gospel, and, and, and make disciples. You see what I'm saying? Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And, and, and helping people find what God has gifted them to do to continue what the purpose of the church, and that is to go into the whole world and preach the gospel. Yes. Because when we see the numbers diminishing and we see people, you know uh not coming like they're supposed to there's a new fad that pops up on the internet there's a new way of doing things and 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 something has got to suffer and the gospel is suffering because we well, got to maintain numbers
0: people are studying the wrong analytics they're studying the analytics of attendance weekly attendance the giving numbers uh children's church numbers you know outreach numbers but the the they're studying the wrong numbers. The analytics that we should be focused on. And how many people have come to Christ this week? Yeah, um, we're filling up heaven. Yeah, that's it, what's ma- it, that's it, what matters. Who's coming? Who's who's coming to discipleship training courses? And you know who's who's being discipled? Who's being building strong believers? Exactly, rooted, grounded yeah, believers. and then and then and then if here's here's what here's what I th- I heard the other day from a guy. He said, you know, the church is so focused on bringing people in and keeping them in to the church. He said the modern. He said the modern churches got it wrong. He said that in the, the church in Acts, they came, they heard the truth, accepted the truth, converted and repented, and then left the church to go be the church somewhere else that needed a church. He said so this mindset that this church that our our, our twenty twenty churches are are you know, and I'm all for you being locally plugged into a church like that, that's a good thing you have to. But the mindset of like. Get them in and then lock the door. Keep them here. That's so wrong. It's like you're you're we're 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 called to teach, accept, believe, and then go into all the world. Do the same thing. Go and teach and preach. But scripture. Let's look at scripture. Go back to the topic of losing salvation. Scripturally, is there any scripture or like a great verse or two or something that you could use to say like the argument of can I lose salvation or not?
1: Uh, You know the one I use a lot. When somebody asked me this question uh, is uh, John chapter 10, verse 28, 29, 30. uh, It says, and I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. So that's Jesus talking. Then he goes on in verse 29 and says, my father, which gave them me is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. And so when you look at these verses, and then he said in verse 30, I and my father are one. So when you look at these verses, I mean, you've got, you're in the hand of Christ and you're in the hand of God and both are one. And so there's a, there's a, there's a, a word that kind of pops out when I read this, never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. So if this is coming out of the mouth of Jesus and Jesus is who he says he is, then I mean, you could bank on it that Jesus is not going to lose you, and you're not going to lose Jesus. And so you're in His hand. You know that's the that's the most important part. Aaron, am I in the am I in the? You know, it, does Jesus hold my life? Does He hold me? Salvation's not ours, then. No, salvation is not ours because the Bible is pretty cut and dry that the salvation is of the Lord. And, and, and so this that's, is, a,
0: that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a very fine line today too, is people almost feel like, well, the, the gift of grace, that's my gift. And that belongs to me. And that's, you know, for me and for you. And it's like, it's almost like it's, it's, we think that it's owed to us.
1: Aaron, you know, the only thing that we bring to the table when it comes to salvation and that's sin, the qualifier, that's what call you know, what qualifies me for salvation that I am a sinner, mm-hmm. the Bible said, "For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God." And so that's it in a nutshell. Well, and so, to
0: be to be saved, you got to be a sinner. To be a sinner, you got to have sin. Oh, uh, yeah. So it's like,
1: and the believer's life is simple. You read it in First Peter chapter two. Every believer should be in a passionate pursuit of holiness and righteousness. That's it. Bottom line. Yeah, so. No, you cannot lose your
0: salvation. No, you cannot lose no. your salvation if you're truly to saved. Yes, yeah. if you
1: are truly... If God has truly saved you, saved. you cannot... Yeah, you're right.
0: Well, uh, we've never done this before, but as we were recording this, I just got a message from one of our church uh, family members, um, Paula... Paula's mother just passed away. Paula, oh, wow. Uh, mother pray just for her. Away. Yeah, definitely. So I think that's how we're going to end this podcast is praying for pa- Paula, um, Paula's family for her and, and for Keith. Um, this family serves in our church so graciously and, um, they're here every time the doors are open, every time there's an event or something needs to be done, they're always here. So, um, I think we'll just end the podcast that way. Um, praying for Paula and her family. But, uh, do you want to, Yeah, I can do it. Yeah, definitely.
1: Uh, Father, we pray right now for Paula, her family, and the loss of her mom. We've been praying for her, and she's been in this battle. And, uh, Father, we just pray that you would bring comfort to Paula and uh, to the family. Uh, May your presence embrace them. May you uh, make yourself known to them, especially those who may not know your son, Jesus Christ, uh, that through this they would turn to you. Uh, we pray that uh, as others are going to be traveling and preparations are made, just guide them. But, uh, we do pray for Paula today and and, and, and Keith as they're going to be traveling. Uh, watch over them and, and bless this family with your with your comfort and with your uh, with your grace. And we ask this in Jesus' name, Amen.
0: Amen. Well, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. Uh, again, sorry for the break. Uh, to, be you know, we no, here, to be completely honest with you, people kind of angry when we weren't on To be completely honest with uh, you, next week's episode, I'm not sure what day it'll be released on because again, I'm going to be out of town next week, um, as you're going to be out of town in this month too, somewhere in, yeah. in, in uh, a couple weeks. Um, so just so that you guys are aware and that you're, you you kind of know ahead of time. Uh, we do have full schedules, and so yeah. we um, not not it may not be every single Tuesday consistently, but if it's like on a Thursday or a Friday or a Monday, um, you, you we we will let you know. Just be sure to keep up with us on social media. Um, at Northside Church TX is our at name on Instagram and Facebook, and also you can visit our website NorthsideChurch.co. Um, to keep up with all the latest that's going on with Northside and with us. But with that being said, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. Can you lose your salvation? No, you cannot. And that is very good news. No, you cannot. That is very good news. Um, but with that being said, I'm Aaron. I'm Scott. All right, we'll see you guys later.